Warning, what you're about to hear was intended to make you laugh a lot. If you listen to the show and feel inspired, then that's awesome. But if you're easily offended or just can't take a joke, you should turn this off right now. Otherwise, turn this shit up and hang on. Welcome to the Get Up. All right, all right. I'm JP, your host. Welcome to the Get Up podcast about pursuing your passions and having a laugh while you're doing it. Today, I am joined by, and I don't even know how to say your band name. No one does. Okay, what is it? Ogemaw County. Ogemaw County. All right, cool. I'm joined by Ogemaw County. Go ahead and introduce yourself, guys. My name's Joe. I play guitar. Hey, I'm Pat. I do vocals. I'm Cody Smith, and I play guitar as well. Excellent, excellent. So obviously, as we were discussing right before we started recording, the whole band isn't able to make it because the whole band's kind of scattered. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, cool, cool. Well, first off, what kind of music you guys play? What are you guys into? Um, plug your sites. What do you guys got? Sure. So um, we've got a Facebook page. We've got an Instagram as well. Um, just at Ogemaw County is our Instagram, then at Ogemaw County, Michigan. Just MI is our Facebook. Um, we've got one music video on YouTube so far. Um, and yeah, that's really about all we've got for social media. A lot of stuff on Spotify. Oh, yeah, yeah we've got music on, on Spotify. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we got two EPs up there. Yep. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, cool. we, do, uh, we do like a southern metalcore type of music. So for fans of like Every Time I Die, we do that kind of style. Lots of screaming. Yeah. Lots of screaming. That's yeah. what you were saying, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of people's uh, moms don't like us. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, I did. Joe gave me a video ahead of time, um, The Cruel Intentions. Uh, I'll play that in a sec, but Ogemaw County, how did you guys come up with that? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the follow-up question always to how do you pronounce the name? Yep. I'm why sure. is that your name? Why yeah. is that your name? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's actually a name of a county in Michigan. It's about... They're making a Michigan If you've ever map. been to Michigan or talked to someone from Michigan, yep. Joe's putting up his hand to use it as a map. <laughs> yeah, so it's about dead center in your hand uh, for the Michigan Mitten. But it's a uh, it's a real county in Michigan where my oh, okay. family would go up north. Um, and we continue to go up north, me and uh, the drummer of the band. Uh, his name's Andrew Leach. We would go up there a lot as well, and we listened to a lot of those bands that Pat was talking about, Every Time I Die, Norma Jean, a lot of bands that are inspiration for us. And um, okay. I really wanted to capture something that um, gave us that same feeling. Like that's so, okay, cool. Yeah, so that's it's an homage to those trips. Now, how long? So okay, so you guitar, right? You said. Yep. How long you been playing guitar? Let's let's get the bio right behind yeah, the, the band, sure. right? So this is the VH1 behind the, the video <laughs> or whatever the hell that show is. Right? Yeah, behind so the music. I've been playing guitar since I was about like eleven. Um, I got really into it after Guitar Hero came out, and then I started getting into. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Are you serious? Yeah. Guitar Hero, dude. I was awesome yeah so was Stardust, that was my jam on the first one yeah um, i was like guitar hero was cool but then i saw people actually playing guitar when i started getting into like white stripes <laughs> foo fighters i was okay. like okay that's way cooler i'm gonna learn how to do that and then i've been playing ever since um so yeah play guitar um do a little bit of clean vocals as well on the songs okay okay yeah, yeah. um so, kind of similar vibe like i just noticed my friends were doing cool stuff with music 
Um, some of my friends were really into Guitar Hero for sure, but I ended up like, <laughs> oh, this is bizarre. Yeah, like, th- like, there's no way that that so many people were inspired by Guitar no, Hero yeah, to actually, start playing. Any sure. millennial band yeah. that you talk to, wow. probably. Yeah, my buddies wow. would just tear it up, and I I wasn't very good at Guitar Hero, so I'm like, maybe I'll try the real guitar. Right. Um. So I started picking that up, and I was actually decent at it, but then my guitar, my love for guitar, ended up morphing into like just the whole heavy music okay. genre stuff, and. Uh, I always wanted to learn how to scream, and but I never really actually knew how to do it until like it is I, a skill. Yeah, um, I tried doing it all through high school, early college, and it, I just thrashed my vocal cords really oh, yeah. bad. And so uh, is there is there's a proper technique for screaming? Oh, for sure. Yeah, and it can uh, you can definitely fuck your vocal cords up. Um, but I I think it was like joining this band. I actually tried to like really learn how to do it, the proper technique and everything like that, and. Uh, I'm happy it worked out, and it finally clicked one day. And Joe actually pushed me really hard when we were recording. He's like, "You can, you can do it. You just got to have the confidence behind your voice." And then, just one day clicked, and then All right. the rest was history. <clears throat> yeah, Joe's a very good coach at telling us how to play <laughs> our instruments. I'm kind of the dictator of the band. Okay, so okay. that's but my dad. My we dad and his band, like, oh, he's funny sometimes. Ah, oh, fire, fucking fire him off. I yeah. just get new people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we record at Joe's house, so he'll like coach us through like right. takes and stuff, and it's mm-hmm. it's really good. <clears throat> we get a good vibe going. Cody, right. did you play Guitar Hero? <laughs> Yeah, I played Guitar Hero. Um, it almost consumed my life as a young child. So. I'm putting it out yeah. there now. I played a lot of Guitar Hero and Rock Band, and my oh, yeah. dad's a drummer yeah. too, so mm. I'm a lot close. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cajon over there. Did your dad <laughs> chastise you for not playing a real instrument? <laughs> no, no, no. I can play drums all right. Oh, like, can you? I can, okay. I can, I can hold my own. Like My fills and stuff like that aren't the greatest, but like as as I can hold, hold a beat. Yeah, yeah, I can be a metronome. Yeah. Uh, actually, another guy that I know, um, he used to live in this sub too. It's funny. We've been friends for years and years and years, and I didn't know he lived down the street Like once I moved into this sub. He had bought a house like a year before. Uh, but he played guitar, dude, oh my God, blues, like, phew, guy just would shred, it was awesome, right. so we would just go to his house, his buddy moved in, they had a drum set, he moved in, so we would just go over there, I play harmonica sometimes too, so we would just all go and jam, so it was, it was awesome, but Guitar Hero, I played a lot of drums on Rock Band, that was the point of my thing, if you guys yeah. need a drum, <laughs> okay, go ahead, Cody, sorry. All right, I, I would say I probably started playing guitar around eight years old, roughly, kind of getting into it. But I kept getting better. I've been in a lot of bands in the Downriver area before okay. Ogama, and now Ogama is the band that I'm in that I like the best so far. It's, uh, <laughs> he has to say that. Yeah, it, the greatest band I have ever been in and ever will be. Will is be that Ogama. only because Joe's sitting Good there? Boy. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's only because he's there. But no, it's awesome music. I really genuinely love the music that we play. Uh, so what would that be? I've been playing guitar for maybe... 15 years now almost exclusively i have zero talent in singing absolutely i cannot <laughs> i can attest i to feel that. your pain yeah i cannot i tell my girlfriend all. all the time like if i could sing i'd be the triple threat like <laughs> <laughs> that's the one piece that's missing like, it, from being the full package at least you realize it right and you don't try i, to do I recognize my good. shortcomings yeah yeah, yeah it, it, it's my crutch too when i say you know, I don't have to do as much work now because I know I can't sing. And so that's what I tell people. It's like, oh, I can't help. You got to find someone else to sing. Well, that's that was... always the great debate of every band is someone's got to sing mm-hmm. and no one wants to do no it. One wants to, right. Well, that's why I learned the, I started playing the harmonica. You yeah. Know? It's like kind of like guitar slash singing without having to. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's the perfect transition. So with the whole band, what do you guys got going on? I know you've done some shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, how did the band start? Like, 
besides everybody just playing Guitar Hero? Like, how'd you guys come together? Like, <laughs> so that one's kind of a long story. Um, it started out with me and our original drummer Andrew Leach, one of my best friends. Uh, he is probably one of the best drummers I've ever met in my life. He's very, very talented. Um, yeah. He was in a band called Cassandra Nova with a couple of our other friends. Um, I met with him at a coffee shop once after we graduated high school, and um, we started a band called All Systems Go after striking up conversation. Uh, it was like a pop punk, Blink-182 style band. And then uh, after that band dissolved, I started jamming with Cody because he was a good friend of ours. I knew he was a great uh, guitarist. Thank started you. recording some- course we started recording did you hear of him on the guitar hero circuit or (laughs) no in the in the real guitar circuit (laughs) he should have though it's very prominent i met cody through uh my friend thomas camilleri those two were in a band called soldiers last breath together um and so we were all hanging out recording instrumentals that would eventually become ogama and then like two years later we sat on the instrumentals forever and we were always looking for someone to scream on them and no one was good at screaming or people who that could scream we're never willing to commit to the project so i talked to pat because i knew he was interested in music because he went to uh, berkeley college of music and i knew he was into the style of music i was talking to him at ql one day and he i asked him do you know anyone who knows how to scream well because i knew we knew a lot of bands from that scene and he said well yeah i scream so (laughs) well i mean lots of people scream (laughs) yeah and at that point i wasn't really super confident in my vocal abilities but i was just like i i i've tracked some demos before i've tried to make it work i mean i yeah he was super nonchalant about it (laughs) so um i was like he's one of the quietest people that i've ever met in my life so there's there's no fucking way you scream yeah i was like send me some tracks then we'll talk he emailed me a track while we're at work and i listened to it and i i am to him like five minutes later like please scream on my songs (laughs) and then uh we recorded a couple weeks later and it's it's been history ever since yeah it turned out that pat was a Really, really, really good at screaming. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I wasn't super – I'm super hard on myself in the studio. Like, Joe has had to pick me oh up my multiple God. times. He'll do, like, five like... takes of the same line and be like, oh, dude, I'm not sound good today. It's not good. I'll be like, you got to be kidding me. That was, like, your best take you've done in weeks. Like, yeah. So, so, I mean, I I wanted to get my sound to where I was really comfortable doing it, like, in, recording it and also doing it live. The first show we did live, I was like – it was a different mindset, and I was – I was actually kind of nervous to get up there and scream. It was the first time I'd scream in front of a group of people ever. <clears throat> and um, You know I what's finally, so like, funny is like just hearing just the first time I screamed. Not like saying, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, or, right. or talked or gave a presentation the first time I screamed in front of a crowd. It's just so weird to hear like that's considered now, right? Right. A, a kind of singing is the screaming part. And it's just consistently like first time I got up and performed. First time I got up and screamed. Yeah. Know, like, yeah, I feel like screaming gets – discounted a lot as like a non-talent but the amount of talent and practice that's involved with being actually good at it is insane um like there's a youtuber named jared dines who did a video series um where he just goes up to random people on the street at like in line for metal shows saying give me your best metal scream and nine out of ten people that try to do it sound like "Eh," like they can't do it right Mm -hmm. um so it's i feel like it gets discounted quite a bit i'm sure yeah. pat could speak to that even more yeah it was actually actually watching you so joe's been doing like this side project called from hell to texas and he's <laughs> screaming on it and it's that's a whole <laughs> other topic right yeah like, no, how yeah. the hell do you pick all these bands <laughs> they're pretty cool they're catchy um but yeah he's been screaming in that project and he's been come such a long way in like what it's been like a less than a year and we did a show together and we ended up screaming at one of their songs together and it was, dude, you were tearing it up. So he's he's <laughs> he's lot. gone from like 
not really knowing what he's doing with it, and no, no discredit to you, but like he's really figured out how to get it out of him, and that's really the way I think about it. It's like when you're screaming, it's you can focus on technique, and that's how you get yourself to the point where you can sound good. Right. But to turn it into something that's your own, you really have to figure out how do you get this what's feeling in your gut and in your chest to come out of you. And that's where it starts connecting. And I feel like Joe's – you've hit your stride, I feel like. So. Cody, Thanks. Cody, you don't do any screaming at all. I was just about to say, I feel like the endurance <laughs> – the endurance to be able to scream for a whole song is insane. Oh, it's stupid. I feel like I can scream maybe for like five seconds. Yeah, five seconds. Then I'm lightheaded. I feel like I'm ready to hit the ground. Like, any it vocal just takes cords a lot get shot too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was my thing when I was starting out learning how to do it was like I lose my voice probably in five minutes after doing it. Oh, I'm and sure. And now we can do – I can do a 45-minute set without losing my voice. That's, mm-hmm. And that's kind of crazy, though, yeah. isn't it? Like, never would think that. Like, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I could scream. And then I think how long you think you could maintain a scream compared to how long you really can yep. is different. And mm-hmm. then, like you said, to build yourself up to be able to, for to sure. do that for a yep. long time. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, I scream in my car sometimes. Play, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm hands on the knees. <laughs> just really huffing and puffing. You can tell now, yeah. past me You're not a curry. smoker <laughs> or anything, right? You're no, not like out I there. used to smoke. Oh, man, I've known so many people that were – screamers and bands that like mm-hmm. literally like they walk off stage <sighs> yeah it's like and oh, you're man. up there doing that holy crap and some people think like it helps their tone too i've I'm never sure. i've never connected with nothing that. like such nonsense yeah like <laughs> i crap. there are the days leading up to our shows sometimes i gotta drink like a ton of tea with some honey and really get the the coat throated or oh. throat thro- yeah yeah coat throated yeah <laughs> throat coated um but yeah <laughs> Like where this is going. <laughs> it's it's demand it's more demanding than people realize for sure. Yeah. You can tell when Pat's been doing his cardio and when he hasn't. Oh yeah, because like some shows he'll get like all four words of a line out and then sometimes he might like skip or one or two. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I feel bad sometimes. Does anybody ever notice? Nah. Now let me ask you that: Are you are you are your screaming vocals like screaming to where you can't understand it? Because I've heard some songs like that <laughs> where it's like. I mean, I get there's a point at some where you just yeah. do oh, scream, yeah. but sometimes there's you know you're screaming lyrics. That, yeah. Is there a point where you get to I I can't understand what they're saying or you don't are you unintelligible or is it something that someone's <laughs> gonna sing along to? Um, is it well, a gray jo- area? Joe and I just shot each other a look because every time we track, that's like my biggest thing is I need. That's to my li- biggest yeah. critique every yeah. time is I don't know what the fuck you just said. Yeah, I need to learn on like enunciating my words better. Um, but when I focus on it. People, I feel like people can yeah. hear it. And understand so the emotions it. there, yeah, that's coming through the screen. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, and I think like some of my friends like that have come out to our shows, they end up like singing the words back to us at certain points in okay. time, and I'm like, well, evidently I'm they know the words. Clear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, is that are the lyrics published anywhere? I don't think uh, they might be. I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, there's lots of songs I didn't know the words till so I went and got the booklet. Right. Well, even like a lot of hip hop songs and like anything, okay. I always mix up the words. Like for the longest time, I thought. Um, the T.I. song where uh, it stacks on deck, Patron on ice. For like five years, I thought the lyrics were snacks on me, like he's buying everybody snacks. <laughs> that, that makes Nothing sense. epitomizes being a baller than buying your friends no, snacks. No, just like, yeah, he's at the club. You know what snacks. Joe's going to do when he makes it? Snacks on me! <laughs> yeah, so I feel like that's something that happens with every genre, no matter whether or not oh, you're man. screaming. But yeah. yeah, like Pat said, a lot of people seem to know the words to our song. So. Well, that's that's got to be cool. So what was it like... Uh, for so for Ogama, you guys getting together, like kind of finding your way together. What was it like? like? At what point did you feel you guys were ready enough to actually perform in front of people? I feel like uh, once once Pat joined the band, he was the last member, I believe, to actually become a solid 
say yes, you are in Ogama. It didn't take that Awesome shirt, that by the way. Sorry. Oh, thank you so Hulk. much. The Hulk, the Hogan Hulk? shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it. Sorry. Um, anyways, yeah, I feel like it really didn't take that long, maybe a couple weeks to rehearse all the songs because me, Joe, Andrew Leitch, and Nick Schimmel, we all kind of knew the songs for a long time. We were practicing them instrumentally. Now, were these songs that you, you guys built yourselves a while, like over time and like just kept going back to or like how's that process go is it you guys just jam and you're like all right this is this is pretty sweet let's let's start doing this or does someone write and then you guys kind of try to mold something around those words so it's it's different for every song um so what usually happens is either i or even our drummer andrew Leach or cody will have a riff idea um we'll bring it into my basement which is our studio uh, we'll play the riff, we'll come up with more riffs that go along with that riff at the same tempo, and then we structure the song together. Um, usually Andrew Leach is like the go-to guy for structuring songs, and he's taught me a lot about that, so I've kind of taken over that aspect as well with him being out of town. Um, but we'll structure the song instrumentally first, we'll lay down drums over it. Um, we're always critiquing each other on how a song should or should not go. And then once we have an instrumental set in stone, then me and Pat start working together to formulate vocal patterns and then put lyrics with those patterns. Yeah, it's, it's interesting for me because they just bring like almost a fully baked song to me and I'm like, wow, this is really good. Or like sometimes we'll be like, yeah, maybe this part's a little bit short. Maybe we can extend it or something like that. But at that point, most of the song is pretty much done and then Joe and I are just collaborating from there, which is cool because like I get to hear a new song all the time. Right. And it's like, wow. Like, I'm the first one that gets to hear this Ogama song. I don't really have much to do with like the crafting of the music or anything. <clears throat> How uh, long? Go ahead. Uh, oh, I would say I think it almost exclusively always starts with the music, right? Yeah. 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 To yeah, me, that feels time. like. I mean, I guess in some instances I could see it going the other way, but a lot of it to me like feels like that would be just where it comes from, right? You just start. Oh man, I got this idea, this this melody, or like you said, this riff idea in my head, and then everyone just kind of contributing to that. That's in my yeah. I feel yes. like for this genre, for sure, because yeah. like everything is so. A lot of it comes from just like a gritty feeling inside of you, and you're getting it out, and it starts with the sound in this genre. I think a lot of other genres where it's more like focused on the songwriting, like acoustic stuff, you can come with lyrics ready to go, and then you just make supplement the words with the actual music, but I think for this genre specifically, it's got to happen the other way. Yeah, Pat never comes to me and just is like, oh, I've got this really great idea for a song. It goes, blah, 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 like, he just starts <laughs> screaming at me. We always have to have an instrumental first, yeah. yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, I got this one up. Let's play it just so we can get a, sure. a yeah. feel. Yeah. So for you guys, and this is my idea, because this is a whole new setup. I didn't have the four mics on stand so Very i'm playing Joe with, rogan style i'm playing with how to set up the monitors like i'm like what the fuck do i do with this one so i got one like big one and what i was thinking was like over here can see that one and then i would turn my computer and do the mirror screens and then people over there would be able to see this one is what i'm going for right now it's all right we'll learn together yeah, yeah. right and as long as nothing unplugs that's the key point here let's see if we can do it i don't know I haven't uh, played with this part yet Let's do. See now, I gotta go and display settings, all that nonsense. Where is it? This truly is Duplicate. like a mini Joe Rogan setup. I love it. Mm -hmm. Thanks. I'm nice, yeah. totally <laughs> jocking Joe Rogan style. I will fully admit it. Uh, I, I love it. Up your, the your Joe own Jamie. Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's. Yeah. 
Where did you guys shoot this at? It was at a bar called The Rockery in Wyandotte. It's now closed, which is a huge bummer. It was one of my favorite bars. Um, but yeah, our boy uh, JC Mendez, Jacob, I don't know if you met him before, but he works at QL as well. Um, he shoots video on the side and he's excellent. Very happy with how no, this came out. It looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, there's not great lighting in that venue at all. He actually brought his own. He brought light. a spotlight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. Up and it actually yeah. really helped a lot. It turned out really cool. Oh really, no, the, the lighting, everything looks good. It was really dangerous for his equipment. There was, it's a very, very tight space in there. A lot of people moving around. It's like half the size of this basement. Yeah, I, I definitely gave JC a heads up. I'm like, hey, if I get a little close to you, I'm sorry. And I, there were a couple times where I thought I was going like, <laughs> to knock the camera out of his hand. <laughs> how many? How long did it take to shoot the video? So he shot the whole this set. This is live. Yeah, this yeah. is oh, all really? live. So this he is live? took. Yeah, he just shot the whole set and then just layered over different clips that fit right. with the vibe of the song, and it turned out really cool. Follow up. Why are you guys so angry? <laughs> I mean, it's angry, man. We're just no. kicking ass. Yeah. No, it is a it is a, a kick ass energy. I could definitely understand what you were saying. Yeah. So, I think you're good there. Much like you're jocking Joe Rogan style, we're jocking Pantera style. That's what we're going <laughs> oh, for. Yes. Well, everything's kind of influenced by what came right, before right. it, right? Yeah. But yeah, I like the music video shows. There's the, no better feeling for me playing live than just going all out, moving around while you're playing your instrument, and you just see everyone absolutely into it they're singing lyrics back to you they're moving around they're dancing to it it's just an amazing feeling it's awesome well and that's part of the performance right that's part of like going to see like i, I know that i've seen people play and they just don't even move and it's like mm -hmm. cool but where's the uh what you came for you know what right. i mean and that's not uh I agree. I always thought it was yeah, a that's, little boring. That's actually one of the bigger reasons that I got into this band. Is like I never played in a band, done like frontman or vocals or anything on a, in a style like this. But I'd gone to these shows for so long, and I was like, well, I have an opportunity to hop up there with some some cool dudes and rock out. And I, I totally agree with Cody. It's one of the biggest <clears throat> one of the biggest like releases for me is just get up there, cut loose. And like Joe said earlier, like I'm a quiet dude, so when I tell people that <laughs> I jump around, I'm a and screamer scream, in a band and on jump stage, around. Yeah, that it takes a lot of people back, and it's it's fun for me to shock people, but at the same time, like that's just what I I enjoy doing, like going out there and just banging my head at people. Yeah, right. Pat is a very good uh, front man. Also at the Rockery, he uh, he got picked up one time <laughs> while, while screaming. We have a picture. <laughs> There's like ten dudes holding Pat up like he's like a emperor. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Was exactly. that a cool feeling? It, it was pretty cool. Yeah. It, it was fun to it watch. Fun Did you feel like a rock star at that point? You're like, fuck. I, actually, at that point in time, like looking back at the picture, it's like, yeah, I might have a little bit of that that rock star feeling. But in the moment, like it was very much like this feels like a great community, just like vibe right now. Dangerous. And, yeah. Like I remember, <laughs> <laughs> it was for sure. In the picture, there's a spinning fan, like probably two oh, feet yeah, from Pat's head. Yeah. Yeah, was, someone gets a little overzealous, just throws them up. Mm -hmm. yep. Yep. Eek. Eek. So what's uh, what do you guys got in the works now? So I know someone said two EPs, LPs. 
yep, somewhere we got two uh, on Spotify. EPs. Yep, on Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much anywhere you can stream music. We also have um, a couple vinyls left, limited edition, and then we have uh, a ton of CDs that no one's ever going to buy. So uh, anyone who wants to scoop one of those up, let us know. Do you, you guys bring those to your shows? Yep. Okay. Yep. But when they find out we're on Spotify, they're like, "Oh fuck that!" Oh, we'll just you know, they just shut down. Naturally. They're yeah. shutting down iTunes. What? Yeah. No yep. shit. Mm-hmm. Because all the streaming. So what they're doing is like all the music that you bought will be available still to you, but they're breaking up like movies, music, and all that stuff into separate applications. Really? And then they're just shutting iTunes off. Yeah. Oh, because no shit. one's they they said no one's downloading music anymore, which is funny. Like as a DJ, I whenever I have played stuff, I always just downloaded right. it right. because I don't want to stream something. It's hard to stream when you're mixing songs and stuff too. Anyway, but. To have like something just happen to that stream, it's buffering in the middle of a wedding would mm-hmm. not be a yeah, good terrifying. look, right? Right. So it's like just always own it, and then like I used to up until recently, I'd still buy like the physical CDs from like my more you know my favorite artists. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting time in the music industry right now. Like a lot of people are like, "Where's the money?" Like people are having a hard time figuring out where they're gonna make money that CDs aren't shipping right. out like crazy. But well, even just tracking it for a while was kind of like up in the air. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, these sales look low, but it's because they've had a million streams that no one knows about, so they're popular. Yeah, I find it actually really exciting though. Like streaming platforms are definitely here to stay, in my opinion. But like think about all the different opportunities that the industry has to grow in different ways that they can monetize uh things instead of just relying solely on selling cds it's going to be a really creative time i think the next few years for the music industry and also the comeback of vinyl is kind of weird isn't it yeah vhs it's left to market tapes yeah set tapes have actually come back i've noticed Uh, that too vhs i don't know if that's ever coming back I know, I know streaming. I know a guy who has like a VHS tape company that will make VHS tapes for uh for independent movies. Have, have, have you gone back and looked at any of the VHS tapes? Oh, they look like action? shit. Wow. I went back and watched a regular DVD and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this was amazing this back in the day and this looks this like shit. shit. <laughs> yeah, like holy crap. So what do you how do you guys see that playing out like as far as where the money's made, obviously this isn't a, a money thing for you guys, right? No. This Hell is just, no. I just want to no, fucking yeah, we, rock we're, out. We're a couple right. G's in the hole probably. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Um, I, I think the biggest opportunity is like the way that people are going to experience music going forward. You think about like Warp Tour just died. And they're not doing that, that anymore. Right, and that's that, crazy too. I mean, right. that was a summer staple for a mm-hmm. long time. Yeah, so like, I think a lot of people I think are going to start. Two or three of them. Instead of wanting to go to like shows at a club or just hit a tour where it's just like three or four bands, I think people are going to start gravitating more towards like the big fest- festivals. I think Warp Tour is going to come back. They'll probably do like a West Coast. It already East. is actually. Yeah, they're, yeah they're just doing regional Warp Tours now. Like yeah. not a Warp Tour, but like a Warp Tour East or whatever. Yeah, really. I, I think yeah. that that might they might do that annually. I don't know if they will or not, but mm-hmm. that's going to be the model going forward is because one it's more cost effective for the bands they don't have to travel around the entire right. country but they're still going to see a, probably the same amount of people they would be playing to over the course of like a, a couple weeks maybe so it's more cost effective for them and then it's less production cost for the, the actual industry to make money off of so it's just one day or a few days over the course of a weekend and they recoup that all back so oh, sure <clears throat> i think the festival the festival the live the way that people are going to make money off of the live entertainment scene is where it's going to go going forward how's that that been for you guys like what's the how's it work for you to go and acquire like a gig i mean what's that like and <laughs> and i don't see like Jesus. i'm kind of wondering it's I'm, a nightmare. I'm, I'm kind of wondering like if you're the guitar hero generation <clears throat> 
had the way things were done with music changed already because like right now like social media is a huge piece of any of this right mm-hmm. I never yeah. had an instagram or a twitter or any of that crap before i started doing this and that's the only thing that i do on it like even if i post a picture about something personal like chilling by the pool like it was related to this uh facebook i have one for the show one for me and i try to keep them separate yep. like I'm not real like, oh, me and my kids just went for a walk. I'm not that person anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's changed the the game. Like from when I was DJing and stuff and involved in music, it, a lot of like just grinding, trying to get those shows and build your name that way. Because yeah. the internet was still, it was back like in MySpace and stuff. You know, that was kind of like the only promotion people were really doing. Now there's all these avenues. How does that affect you guys? Like how are you leveraging it? And like what's it? what is it like to get shows now? Yeah, it's really difficult. Yeah. Um, Just recently, I was working on trying to book a short tour for us to do uh, at the end of the summer. That's already fallen through because of several reasons. But I reached out to probably, I'd say roughly 40 venues throughout the country. I got responses from four of them. Three of them were no's that we have that date booked or we don't want to book your style of band. So it's kind of crazy. Um, most of my success came through uh, emailing. Like even when we booked local shows, emailing is usually the safest route. I imagine it's been that way for a long time. Um, a lot of venues say to reach out via social media. You do that and they just don't reply back. Um, but the social media side of things is really important. Like you've got – if you don't have a good amount of following on Instagram or at least enough People don't give a shit. Yeah, that's, that's how you prove that you're going to able to draw people into that venue so the venue is willing to roll their dice and actually book you right. for that night. So for us, we're at least me personally, I'm not the one that's just going and posting everything on Snapchat or Instagram all the time. So it's hard. Like if I were to be dedicated to a band, I would say consider that as part of like my job. If like the band were my job, but like since it's not a primary focus for us, like I don't feel the pressure to have to post all the time about like oh we're tracking this song or oh we're playing this show here. Yeah, that's what a lot of bands that are currently trying to make it do. They'll post on social media multiple times a day. Um, with me, that's just like so fucking irritating, and like people don't want that bogging up their their social media. People who are really into social media, and I just feel like it comes off as like contrived and fake looking. Like, oh, look at us! Look at every single thing we do, and it becomes a whole marketing scheme as opposed to this is a thing that I enjoy doing. You're trying to it becomes something that you're trying to sell. Which to me just feels gross. Yeah, but it's that's the way it is right now. Like bands, like Which there's is gross. no other way. Yeah, there's right. no other way. Like that's the norm. So you kind of have to give into that necessary evil, if you will. But I'd say not all the time though, because like look at bands like Pup. They're a band from Toronto. Um, they the way that they became successful is they just toured an insane amount. Um, there's a there's a really good video on Vice about them about how they came up and they talk about how they were like borderline homeless. Um, they were making no money at their gigs. They were begging the venues to just feed them for the day, and that would be their pay. There'd be no one coming to these shows, but they just were grinding it out for years and years, mm-hmm. um, and they finally started getting traction and attention. So there's, I think there's still ways to gain traction without using social media, but that's definitely the mainstream way to achieve success is to have success on social media. Because yeah. it's an easy way to gauge, right? Mm-hmm. Like It's yes. an easy way to gauge popularity and like, okay, they're probably going to bring X amount of people, which is going to equal X amount of liquor sales and yep. right. some food sales, whatever, exactly. and that makes which it worth it. Which is crazy because like, I feel like we outsell a lot of bands on the shows that we play um, uh, on bills with, which is like no knock to them, but they might have thousands and thousands of social media followers. 
our social media, in all honesty, is kind of dog shit. We'll have like a couple hundred followers, which is fine. But we're playing with bands that have like 10, 20, 30,000 likes on Facebook, but they brought in four people. Well, and, and I think part of that that is is that you can follow someone and not be even remotely local be to a them. casual fan yeah. and like right. and that's like with the instagram that's what i found right like so in i started using hashtags and again like my instagram is to promote this so yeah it is selling it but it's like hey listen to these people's stories i'm trying you know these are people that are doing something hopefully yeah. inspiring yeah. people to like take that chance i've got a uh someone that i know that his thing is nine to fives will always be there they're not going anywhere so it's what time better than now to try to do what right. you want to do because mm-hmm. if it doesn't work, those nine to fives are still there. Yeah. They're still going to be there. You can always just go back to that. Yeah. So, which is to me is a in, pretty inspirational way to look like, you know, take that chance. But I've got people that follow me. I started using a hot hashtag like podcast or podcast life or something. And all of a sudden, like my Instagram followers went from like 20 to um, over 120 now. And it was Jeez. only in a matter of a couple weeks just because <clears throat> all these other podcasters start following you. And I listen to some of those podcasts and they're in England, they're in different countries, they're in different States. So it's like, if I were to do something live, you know, if I was a band and I had all these followers and thousands of them, how many of those thousands are actually local people that are going to show up? Probably right. not exactly. many of them. Well, you can though. That's <clears throat> the thing is you have their attention. I think that's where a lot of bands might fall flat. And like going back to what you're talking about a podcast, like all of these things are like basically small businesses right you got to make business decisions about what you're going to do with the opportunity at hand so like if a band's recruiting in ten thousand followers and they have people that are obviously engaged with their account and their profile what are you going to do about it and i think that's where a lot of bands fall flat is like how are we going to engage with people like are we going to share more video content are we actually going to do contests like and at that point it becomes i think it's kind of cliche but like content is king and oh, yeah. so, like, at that point, what do you do to engage? I watched a fishing video the other day, and the guy was talking about giving away a fishing or hunting trip with him. Like, hey, if you're the blah, 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 and you win, you get a free fit anywhere you want to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, you're getting paid if you're putting up that kind of thing, and you're just some dude running, a, you know, fishing videos. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is it is kind of crazy to think about all that, too. Or he's I mean. just rolling the dice <clears throat> on himself, and, like, right. he's just like, I'm just going to take this as an investment, and it's going to pay off in the future. Well, I mean, even like this, it, I'm... I make no money at all. I mean, and I went <laughs> yeah, really cheap yeah. with the equipment. So, I mean, I put together everything for a really, really good price. The laptop I that was before all this, that's probably the most expensive thing sitting here. And it isn't for money. When I started DJing, I worked with another guy and we put on shows and it was basically like variety shows to help people get out. So there'd be rap arts, uh, rap artists, there'd be bands, there'd be uh, some acoustic performers, whatever. It was just like a, Modge podge of different performers just to give them a venue. We would book a bar somewhere around Mount Clemens, and then we'd have these shows. I'd DJ in between. The other guy was the host and did all the booking and stuff. And like we did that for years, and it was cool to meet everybody and kind of hear their stories behind the scenes and what it was like. And again, back then was MySpace, and like you were super grinding it out because social media wasn't such a big part of it. Uh, and that's where I came up with all this and started doing this for the same reason because it was cool to see those stories mm-hmm. not just like hey this is my thing that i'm i'm doing but this is why i'm doing it right so i mean if it had led to yeah get some ads and stuff like that so be it i'm not going to turn it down It'd be cool as a supplementary income yeah. but it's not the yeah the focus. that's kind of how we approach right. the band too is like we we enjoy what we're doing when we go out and play shows like in hamtramck and and different places and if someone's there to enjoy it with us cool awesome but we're like doing this for us and hoping that people are going to connect and 
yeah. we find that people do. And any good opportunities that come out of this band, that's purely secondary. Yeah, right. For sure. So I definitely jive with what you're saying about that. <clears throat> you guys got anything in the works now as far as like a, a, another full album that's are you, what are you working on currently? Well, we're writing uh, music very slowly kind of right now. Definitely not at the same pace that we have been for the first two EPs. Right now, I feel like we're trying to solidify, you know, who is going to be a solid person to play these shows for us. We're trying to focus more or less on getting, playing less shows, but jumping on bigger shows that have, uh, you know, bigger bands or something on it. Jumping on the bigger, better opportunities. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, getting a more solidified lineup going kind of going because yeah. everyone's going their separate ways you know they want to do the things they want to do so like we, we talked about before we went on to record um we've got one drummer our original drummer who recorded recorded on the first two eps um he's in florida he's actually in uh germany right now um for school and then we've got our backup drummer that was filling in for a while dave grooms he was an awesome fill-in and uh he just got a job with the railroad so he can't really commit to any shows anymore because he's on call 24 7 um, we've had three bassists. Um, our first bass player, Nick Schimmel, didn't even know how to play bass. He's just a really good friend of ours. <laughs> yeah. We needed a bass player. Just, hey, pick it up and start yeah, it you, you can, can figure it out. Yeah. So he, he stuck with it. He did pretty well with it. But then he ended up going to school in East Lansing. He's going to be a doctor. Um, then we had our friend Andrew Emery filling in for a while, but he has his own band. That's his prior, uh, main commitment. And then uh, after that, we had our friend Andrew Camilleri, who came back into town. He was um, in our old band, All Systems Go, playing bass. So it's kind of a reunion for me, Leach, and him to be in a band again together. Uh, but he had a, a job come up in our in Marquette, so yeah, he's, he's, he's out there Marquette. now. Yep. Yeah. But he's, he's, still, he's moving back now, so we'll have him back in the fold. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I should say this. The lineup is solid in and of itself, but more or less we're looking for a drummer right now. So just <laughs> yeah. that one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all approach this. We knew coming into this band, like we all have nine to fives, and this is something we right. do on the side. So it's yep. we have like the roster that we kind of pick from. Whoever's available is going to play, and if someone comes up, something comes up for someone, then we could usually have someone that can slide in pretty quickly. Now, how often are you guys getting together and like, hey, let's record a song tonight, or is it just, hey, let's get together and jam? Like we got the time, let's get together and jam, see what comes up. We don't really jam that much. No, we mostly no, just practice to get ready for shows. Gotcha, practice we for mostly, shows. Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we do a lot of like just a songwriting and idea. We bounce ideas around. Like I've actually been trying to get into writing guitar more a little bit, and I've been sending a few tracks to Joe. Here Sounds like so. someone needs to get on drums. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we yeah, can. We can, uh, We always typically write the guitar parts first, anyways. So we're trying to just flush those out right now, and we can put like GarageBand lets you put fake drums behind things that are actually. Sp- pretty impressive honestly yeah. um so we could just have that as a placeholder but right now everyone's so busy with their own thing that they're doing um it's hard to get everyone together to actually jam or anything we actually have a couple different opinions on this like me personally i hate just improv jamming it's i just never enjoy it but on the other hand like cody or andrew and Leach, if you get those two together they'll jam for an hour straight like playing jazz or some shit yeah that's I'm really just, good, actually. That's it's good, but I just if we've I get been, involved, I hate it. We've been extremely <laughs> lucky. Like the two drummers that we've had playing with us so far, are just incredibly talented. We're spoiled, right? Yeah, we are very yes. spoiled, especially for being like a local band. But yeah, when like two people break off and start jamming at like a practice, we'll just sit there and kind of listen for a minute. And I mean, I enjoy listening in on it. I feel like I'm just oh, experiencing. It. <laughs> it but that's just my personal thing. You know? I, I think jamming is fun to do. I think you can't really pull any ideas from it. 
for a real song, but I at least for our style. Joe hates it, and we usually jam. <laughs> at, at you his guys house, ever so. just jam to piss Joe off? Yeah, all oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, almost It'll exclusively. <laughs> No, that was the, like the guys I was jamming with. That's how, how it was too. Like the the one guy, uh, bass. He all he listened to was like crazy death metal stuff. So that was like all he knew how to play. <clears throat> and then my one buddy, like I said, could play like real bluesy guitar. Like he could change it up, but he liked to play a lot of that stuff. And then the other guy, man, what did, the drummer? Holy crap! That was the loudest drumming I've ever like. <laughs> wow! I brought earplugs after that because I mean, it was just like there was no like it was just like it was yeah. crazy it was it was real tough but uh it was it was fun but we would always try me and the my buddy would always try to like switch stuff up to try to get them into different things yeah so like if i was playing drums and the the guy that normally drank the drum he liked to sing too so i would play drums once in a while and it would be a totally different beat than he would normally be doing and then the guy with the guitar we would just start jamming and we'd be basically playing trying to get them to follow along to break them out of just the one thing that they always did so it was was interesting it was interesting joining this band i think like i didn't really know what to expect joining a band like i I was what probably 26 27 when i joined this one and i think a lot of bands when we when they form when you're younger like i formed a band in high school and i played guitar in it and all the guys that i formed that band with we listened to the same exact type of music so there was never any clashing or anything it was always like oh we know this what we're going to do right. because we listen to the same music. But I know Joe's listened more to, like, classic metal. And, like, I'm more into, like, new, like, mid-thousands, what might be called, like, screamo. So, like, Joe and I go back and forth on, like, what we like. Um, so I didn't really know what to expect with that, but it's actually kind of I, – I find it's challenged me musically. Cody, what about cool. you? What kind of music besides the music you play? Right. I definitely grew up on, uh, like, the big four of thrash metal. That got me into music. <laughs> what's, I was the, in, what's the big four of thrash metal? The big metal? four of thrash metal is considered, like, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax Slayer. That's what made me get into metal from the very beginning. And I still love that very much, but I've definitely branched out more since then. I listen to, uh, you know, genres like metalcore, screamo, hardcore. I love all sorts of music. I can listen to anything in any genre and probably find something that I like from it. We were quizzing Pat on the way over here. <laughs> we were uh, those Pat, are those always idea. suck. Yeah, my yeah. dad will do that, but his will be from like the fifties and sixties. Hey, you know what song this is? No, oh, yeah. We played like five Pantera songs in the row, and every every time a new song came out, like Pat, guess who this is? <laughs> I don't know. No, yeah, it's a, it's definitely embarrassing, but I mean, it is what it is. I I didn't really get into like heavy music until I was like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and at that point, I was like really wanted to get into what was new and exciting. Um, so the oldest I ever got was like Iron Maiden and that well, was like, so how do you feel that that's, that's evolved? Right. Cause I mean like the heyday of metal was back in the eighties and mm-hmm. yeah. e- even a little into the nineties. How does that, how do you, do you see that transition? Like how does that affect when you guys play shows and create music and stuff? Like, do you ever like, Oh man, this is just the music I love. Or like, have you ever thought about trying other styles just because of, of being able to build a following or like do you play with different, you know, experiment with different sounds or so. Yeah. We don't do much of that in this band. No, no, we definitely don't play this genre because it's what pop it's what is popular. Yeah, obviously it's, um, I feel like right now that metal is definitely not in a place where it's trendy at all. It's got like it's niche following. Um, when I was in the, uh, the pop punk band with our friend, Andrew Leach and Andrew Camilleri, um, that was something that we both enjoyed, but we thought could gain a little bit traction with um with like mainstream success, but just never panned out. 
it rarely does for bands anyway so it's whatever but um yeah uh, i don't know how much traction we can gay pl- uh gay how much <laughs> traction we can <laughs> gain playing the style but uh <laughs> yeah we solely do it just for our own our entertainment yeah our entertainment yeah. we don't really go into it expecting anything like, i mean we'll do stuff on our on the side too like andrew camilleri He'll write some really cool acoustic guitar parts, and Joe's tracked a few of those for him before. Yeah, we're kind of that those. music is really cool, and it's something that is nowhere even near to close to what Ogamaw sound. No, is. we've all got, like got our own side projects going on yeah. too musically. Yeah. So yeah, with seeing how uh, things like YouTube can just propel someone. Like, dude, I looked at this fucking news article this morning. This kid's 12 years old, and he's a streaming video game player. And he's got a, he's posing with a Bugatti in his driveway and shit. It's like this kid's fucking 12 years old. I never understood video- that. I told I my girlfriend, I was like, should we just, because he's our, right now he's struggling in school, should we just say fuck it and just let him play video games and try to get good? And then- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people will get, like, Win tutors for their kids to play video I know. games. Oh, yeah, I know. It's There's, wild. like, Fortnite coaches and crap. It's yeah. ridiculous. But what? <laughs> But seeing how YouTube's impact on music, and like that was one of the things that I noticed was v- from seeing both like before the the grind, before the social media and all that existed, and now seeing how it is still a grind. But it's kind of weird because it'll it seems like it's it's less of a filter, so that like really good stuff can actually make it because now it feels like every idiot can make it, as mm-hmm. well as making it easy for really talented people to make it too. But it's it's so much work, and seeing you only have one video, do you ever think about boosting like that kind of profile so that there's more visual stuff out there for you guys to? I think if it was a goal, if it was a goal for us, probably we'd probably do something different with our YouTube channel. Um, but YouTube, like going, it, definitely the market is just so saturated. It is and even it, this, yeah, it's and holy it, crap. it makes it very difficult for even like the people that are trying to find new talent. Like they got to get creative in the ways that they're targeting that stuff and i think there are a few startups that are trying to do that with apps and help people figure out how to funnel the right people to the right contacts but i think right now it's just the name of the game too many people and it's hard to find that needle in the haystack harder than ever i'd say not that that's your your goal i mean just if it happened right yeah and again like you said like kind of promoting getting more people out because the more people you have the easier it is to book a show because you can be like hey i got this many people mm-hmm. yeah. it's, it is kind of like a weird tangled thing right because right. If the show part is what you guys love, like that's the part, the cool feeling, you have to kind of do some of the stuff. Right. You got exactly the same thing with this, like trying to do this, but then I'm tied to the stuff that I don't really like. Or even DJing. That was one of the things that drove me nuts about DJing is just I have to have music that I don't like. Right. Like I'm (laughs) buying something that otherwise I would never listen to ever. And then yeah. it was always bad too. Do you ever do you ever get requests? Because that sucked. As a DJ, <laughs> no. no. With, with this style of music, you don't really get that happening. You never know, a lot. man. Yeah. You know yeah. you, you, how many times have we seen people put their spins on? Oh, actually, on, on you know, do a cover song and just put their own yeah, spin on it. Well, we do. We do get we requests. Do yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. We... So when we first started out, we didn't have enough songs to fill out fill out a full set list. So we'd end our set playing like something completely different, um, cover wise. We'd play like Fallout Boy songs, Taking Back Sunday songs, and people would flip out over those because that was what was cool when we were in high school. Right. So we did that the first couple shows just to fill out space, and then now the people that have stuck with us, whenever they come to a show, they want to see it. They want to see the Taking Back Sunday song. They want to hear the Fall Fallout yeah, Boy song. They remember. Yeah, I've got friends that. that'll ask like, "Hey, have you guys tried thinking about covering this song?" And like, I'm like, well, now we get suggestions yeah. for it and. 
Yeah. Well, see, it's funny because my dad's in a cover band. That's what they they do. They mm-hmm. don't do originals, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah. one of his older iterations of his band, they did do originals, and then it was like a behind the music episode, like heart attacks and all kinds of stuff. You know, mm. <laughs> like the changing of everybody. So yeah. now, but the, yeah, the purely cover, and uh, I I'm guilty of that. Dad, you should start <laughs> playing some of this. Dad, play some of that. It was well, one time I showed him a Chili Pepper song, and he was like, "Oh, maybe I'd play it, but that guy can't sing." And like, <laughs> like super critical. It's just hilarious. And so his the people that he plays with are a little bit younger than him, and they're always like, "Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, we we've tried to, but you know, he's stuck on this." This certain one, he adds, they add new songs every once in a while. Yeah, but. I think what's interesting about us playing covers is, like, we have to, we want to do something that's going to please a lot of, like, our friends or the people that usually come to our shows. And sometimes our friends will come out, and they're not necessarily fans of this genre, but they'll come out just to, to support, support us as friends. So yeah. we'll, we'll throw something in there to please them, too. But it's like, how do we do that and not stray so far from our sound to be, but also give people what they want? And I think we've found a few of those songs. And but yeah. sometimes it's definitely something we're yeah. aware of. Is like how, we don't want to really kill the vibe by doing something way out there. Especially if we're on like an all metal show with all other oh, metal yeah. bands, or we're opening for a touring metal band. We're not about to play "Sugar We're Going Down" by Fall Out Boy right before some deathcore band goes on. Yeah, that's not that's not that's, really like handled no, off very well. That's right, quite sure. the transition between. Yeah. Time. What's been the most awkward like show you guys ever performed? Have you ever you ever done one where it was just like, hmm. yeah, we are not the right music for this? I mean, I feel like we we play all oh, that one that one at um, Grizzlies when it used to be uh, Brass Monkey. Oh, the yeah. variety show. Yeah, we played a variety show. It was um we had um like comedians, comedians? and uh, oh, yeah. opening for us. Interesting stand up yes. comedy, and then okay. after us was uh no. So we had two comedians open the show, then a ska hip hop band mm-hmm. played next. Yep. Then us <laughs> screaming <laughs> and playing breakdowns. Yeah. And then after us was a hip hop duo. It was something. It, it was yeah. neat, but ah, yeah, it was. It was weird. Yeah, I mean, at, <laughs> the thing, the thing about that show is like we actually had a lot of people come out for yeah. us that night. So like, no we matter, did. no yeah. matter when we've played shows like that where it might be a little bit awkward, but one of the bands is a little bit different. Whenever we're playing, we're playing our sound, and there's definitely right. our energy in the room. So like, while we're playing, I don't feel any any type of pressure to conform to anything that's going on inside the venue so at that show it was the build-up to us playing because me and cody were sitting at the bar together and cody was just like oh my god kill me (laughs) let's just get this set over with and get out of here just the contrast and what was going on it was was shocking yeah oh my god i will say honestly uh being in this band for the most part there hasn't really been any awkward shows per se not really anything bad. In like past bands that I've been in, I feel like for months on end, the last band the I was in, the whole thing was awkward. Yeah, the whole thing was awkward. <laughs> like it was a, uh, we were in a metal, we were like a metal band, and I feel like they, for some chance, we were purposely put on like, uh, punk shows or like pop bands or just rock something that totally did not match us at all. So everyone just kind of looks at us with blank faces, like in the crowd, like. Uh, you know, when are you done? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, all right, all right, let's get out of here. No one likes us. <laughs> I think part of that, though, is like, I don't think there's many bands for us to play around in this area. And we like playing local. We don't really travel far. Yeah, this style is kind of dead around here. Back in, like, 2011, this style of music was super hot. Um, and it was a hotbed for 
bands that were actually coming up, a lot of uh, bigger bands used to come through the Modern Exchange in Southgate. Mm-hmm. Um, bands like A Day to Remember. Bands like, I don't know, who else came through there, Pat? Even the Wonder yeah. Years played Wonder there Wonder Years played yeah. there. Devil Wears Prada played there. Yeah, yeah. Lot, like, lots of big bands. Yeah. Bands that are massive So a lot now. of bands just taking TV show and movie names now? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, a huge yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Is it really? Yeah, it's a huge I, trend. Yeah. Um, so so what, do you, what do you see like that? So there were some other interesting names that were thrown out there, right? <laughs> What's the, what's the creation process like? I, for me, it was a pain in the ass. Uh, oh, titling it, stuff? Yeah. yeah, like coming up with that, that name. I feel like with bands, with music, you could just come up with something and it could be catchy. You know uh, that scene in Pineapple Express where he's naming the different strains yeah. of marijuana? It's basically that. Basically that. I mean, there was may, no formula like yeah, you, like no. your, your street you grew up on and your last name. and yeah. then... You could honestly use that. And yeah. honestly, I think band names stick because the band is good and they like that really yeah, I don't I, think a band name really I think most band anything. names fucking suck like Foo Fighters that's a terrible band name in theory like if yeah. you didn't hear them before but then you go watch a show yeah, like really a big good band. yeah like, I think song titles and album titles are definitely more important than an actual band name yeah <clears throat> but even yeah. then we have hard times with that stuff too because we don't take any lyrics and apply them to a title of a right. song or I, was, I was just that was yeah. like what was I do, do you follow that rule or like, nope. no a lot of our song titles never actually come up in our lyrics yep um a lot of our song titles are derived from like movie lines or inspired okay. by movie plots. Yeah, I try to do that with my my episodes. I try to make horribly stupid funny puns. <laughs> yeah, so, when, when we're recording in Joe's basement, we actually throw on like old '80s horror movies <laughs> and on yeah, the TV yeah. in the background. It's just our vibe. Like it, it gets uh, me just turning left and seeing uh, some like The Shining playing or something. Just really, <laughs> I don't know. I just watched the the latest Halloween. Have you guys, speaking of horror movies... Like the newest one that was just Yeah, released. the newest one. Yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. see it? Yep. Did you like it? It was fine. I thought it was kind of a cool ending. It's it's so weird. How do you feel about this? Sorry, I go all over the place. Yeah. No, it's just interesting. That's no, what I I'm love trying to do tangent. here, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, the recycling of stuff, especially when they say, like, here's movie one through eight, and then here's movie nine... Forget everything that happened oh, after with Halloween, the first where they just Halloween pretended. just basically erased <laughs> like twenty years of films. Just said, yep. nope, never happened. None of that yeah. is canon anymore. Yeah. yeah, and even changed the the narrative a little yeah. bit. Where I mean, he was always her older brother, and in yep. the second one or in this one, it's like, oh no, that was just something that someone made up. That wasn't true. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a little ridiculous. Whoa, um, I feel like it's a little ridiculous. With, like, how movies are just recycling old franchises that were successful just to do, like, a cash grab. What has happened to Star Wars just breaks my heart, and I try not to think about it. What what kills you about what kills you about Star Wars? I don't know, man. Did you see the last one? The last one that was, um, what was it? The Last Jedi? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw it. you see that one? Yeah, I did. Woof. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't a fan. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, if you put that movie side by side with any of the old ones, to show it to anyone that's never seen any Star Wars before, they'd be like, this is not even close to being the same type of movie at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, are you guys all shared in your love of Star Wars like Joe? Yeah, I really like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> We've I'm never not... actually talked about it. No, we haven't. <laughs> no. Glad this is a good opportunity for us. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it all Get on our the love, table. love for Star Wars out. <laughs> yeah, I don't well, know. Because it seems like there is either, like, okay, it's an okay movie, or holy crap, fandom. And it's funny because I always enjoyed the, you know, those movies. But I, I, have a, like, I feel like I have a different viewing sense than, like, 
most of the world because like I see movies get panned and to me it was like yo it's not going to be an Oscar you knew Transformers wasn't gunning for an Oscar unless it was like visual effects so like just shut your brain off and just enjoy like being lost in another world it doesn't need to be I don't care if there's like a few plot holes here and there like super glaring ones can break up the I don't know but I just feel like with that newest Star Wars The Last Jedi I feel like so many things were shoehorned into it like how can we possibly put Yoda into this movie so we can sell more Yoda toys? I feel like that's what happened. <laughs> it's Disney now. It was just exhausting from start They're to finish for me. me. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I get it. But like, it, what it feels like they did with that is instead of just rebooting the whole thing, it feels like it was like, all right, let's tell the same-ish story and just for a new generation to introduce them. But so like, what I wanted to say was, if, do you think that the original Star Wars – those three movies hold up as well now for the younger generation. Like if your kids now, like if you had kids and they went and watched Star Wars, you were like, Oh, you got to see Star Wars. I love it. This is why dad dresses up in a robe, you know, whatever. And they watch it. Are they going to be like, dad, you're right. This is amazing. Or do you think it's, it hasn't aged as well? I mean, besides the visual effects, obviously, even still, I, I think the practical effects look better than the, all the CGI stuff they do nowadays. Because like, I didn't get into Star Wars until I would have been like, Seven, so like the year two thousand is the first time I watched Star Wars. Wow. Sorry, that's all um, right. yeah. So like those those old movies, I love them. But so it still did resonate. But yeah. did you see the originals, or were you seeing like the special editions, no, the one watched... where Lucas went back and digitally oh, yeah, edited in a bunch of crap? That's actually all I knew because I had those on VHS. So I didn't see the original. <laughs> did originals. you have the three set with the gold yep. like Darth Vader? Yeah, yep, that's, I still that's have somewhere it somewhere down here. Yeah. I think the other thing for, like, kids nowadays is, like, it's not only just about that movie. Like, where else are they going to actually engage with these new characters? And I think, like, think about how often little kids are holding tablets and they're holding phones all the time. And, like, they got the apps that are games. So, like, I don't know that any of that stuff is going to be curated for the older versions of Star Wars. It's all going to be the present day stuff generating money. So... I don't. I think it'll be very hard for kids now, specifically, to like get into the older ones. Unless Not they have if like you're a, my kid. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You gotta have a direct influence with like a, <laughs> a older cousin or like your aunt and uncle right. or something or your dad. So, what's the what's the movie each of you would like to see rebooted or updated or have a sequel to it? Mm. If if any, because I mean. I, I don't like it all either, all the regurgitation, but there's one movie I would like to see. So for me, I feel like anything that I like enough to be... Has been? Yeah. Well, no. Even anything that I do like enough that hasn't been, um, I wouldn't want it to be because I'd be so scared that they'd fuck it up and I would not I would come to hate it and it'd become like a trendy thing to like again. I don't know. Like if they remade The Shining, The Shining's my favorite movie of all time. If they remade that, I would have such a fit. Just because I feel like they nailed it so perfectly the first time, why would you do it again? You just pick out all the imperfections in it. Right, yeah, like, oh, they didn't do this like the first one did. Yeah. This person's not nearly as good as Jack Nicholson is. Like, What is this bullshit? Yeah. Well, what do you think that's, like, that's, some, that's something we can trap ourselves in, though? Like, Absolutely. Oh, well, yeah. you know, because I revere this one so much, no matter what gets made, I'm going to I'm going to think it's wrong. shitty. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. Mm. Yeah, Pat, what about you? I'm not like a big movie dude. No, at all. like I, I will sit down and enjoy a movie, but like for me to walk away and like understand all the different layers of what goes into like movies, that's not my thing. I've always been like very much into music, so I don't really have like a movie that I'd be like, yeah, remake that. I'd be interested, and like this, the, a lot of the Disney, like the stuff that they're remaking now. There's a couple of those that I'm like, 
yeah, I'll go check it out just to see. Like that was something I saw when I was a little kid. So you're never like, that. You're I'm never that, like, damn! I just saw that new trailer. I gotta go watch. I no, gotta go see that. that doesn't. <laughs> no, that doesn't get me going. Okay. All right. All right. Also, full disclosure, I am not a big movie guy at all, but I do love sitting down. I love watching comedies and just sitting down, doing nothing else besides laughing my ass off at some like horror movies too. But I, I, <laughs> I get, I get, I guess if I had to choose, like my two favorite funny movies of all time are one. Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery <laughs> no, is Billy Madison and Superbad. Like okay, th- those I can watch probably. A I would watch a Superbad sequel. I, I would too. The, I just love those movies so much. I can watch them thousands of times and laugh every single time. I, if I were to see like a sequel or something, I think it would be cool to see a sequel of those. To, to Superbad, yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. Like no, I said, actually, it like would be right. Yeah. Also, what if like Jonah Hill or or what's the other one? Um, uh, Seth Rogen. No, 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 uh, no. The Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah. If Michael Sarah yeah, yeah. like grew up to be a police officer with Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh yeah, hilarious. That's not hilarious. A bad idea. Absolutely yeah. great. You should pitch this. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, it gets bad, right? So movies, like I, I went to film school for a semester before I couldn't afford to live there in Chicago and move back home, and then had a kid. Uh, so uh, that'll do. But it. like film, yeah, life, right? <laughs> uh, film was what I wanted to get into, and mm-hmm. I just like always just love movies and like replay quotes and like I'll say quotes all the time. And you know, uh, it's, it gets to the point now that Megan, when we're watching something, I'll either say what they're going to say before they say it or like right when they're they're saying saying it. And she's like, (laughs) you know, if, if you already know what they're going to say, why don't you just write these things yourselves? And then we could be (laughs) ready. So I thought about it, but that's, that's a hard industry to get into too. So what's your, uh, your reboot slash gremlins. Gremlins. I would would love to see a new gremlins. That would be a good one. I feel like they could do that pretty good now. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be scared though. Cause I wouldn't trust them to not just CGI everything. I agree. They may, uh, I think there's a there is a little bit of a renaissance of the practical effects. Um, it's not obviously in the big budget movies, but there there has been like a yeah. leaning in some in the new Dark films. Crystal, uh, yeah, Netflix the, stuff the that's show. supposed to be all practical yep. effects. I think so. Like yeah. there is a little bit of that coming back where it's like, hey, go to the practical stuff because it looked better, or there's the nostalgia for it. Uh, so there's a very real possibility they could do that. But I would love to see like I went to Disney World two years ago now. And one, because in the first Gremlins, they loved Snow White. So it'd be really funny to like see the Gremlins at Disney, see like Snow White, (laughs) right? Yeah, that'd be Uh, cool. But then also because like talk about a place that's already sadistic enough. And then now you've got these Gremlins (laughs) running around around. (laughs) just terrorizing the rides and stuff. To me, I mean, they could. Yeah, because I love the second one just in like a building like a smart office building how much funny it yeah. was to me like that was part of it right like kind of like aha this is kind of a little scary but yeah, theme park gremlins yeah. but yeah that's that's that could work. my idea uh so you're, you're a film guy then what do you think about disney doing their own streaming platform what does that mean for like their movies oh man this the whole streaming thing in general is agitating because i <laughs> cut i cut cable yeah. years ago because it was just outright. I was like for cable internet, and at the time they were packaging your phone still with it, yep. like a landline. Mm-hmm. This, well, I had to have a landline too. I had a fax machine for a long time. Uh, was um, it was like two hundred fifty dollars getting up there towards three hundred. It was ridiculous, right? So then we did the cut the cord. We went down this pure internet, and then Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, and HBO, and like all that together total is like a hundred dollars a month, maybe. Yeah. Um. 
before a stint, went back to cable because I wanted to watch UFC fights and I wasn't able to, <laughs> but then went back. Uh, so watched the fight last night? No, I did not because oh. I don't. What the hell did I do last night? I was down here, I think. I think we watched. Uh, oh shit, night school. Watched night school, and I worked on a couple episodes because I've got so many recorded. I'm trying yeah. to mm-hmm. finish them before I can publish them. Uh, but it, it it's. Before it was like you had no options, and this is you, it's like all or nothing. Or these packages were really weird. Like one time, she wanted to save money, so she switched to the Family Plus package, and it was literally every shopping fucking network, and then every kid network, and that was it. Like I came home and sat down to watch like Spike TV. <clears throat> I was like, called her. I was like, what the what the fuck? Where's my channels at? She's like, oh oh, it happened already. And I was like, what happened? She's like, oh, I went down to Family Plus, and I was like, cool, shopping and kids shit. That's it. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was nice to be able to kind of get these streaming services that gave you a little bit of broad range. I've noticed some overlap, like Hulu and Amazon tend to have a lot of the same things compared Mm -hmm. to Netflix, but now it's just turning into, I don't want to have 10 different services. We've already talked about cutting a couple because like I get these watch lists that are just insane. And then I'm like, my watch list is giving me anxiety. So I'm going to just go watch something else, you know, or I'm doing (laughs) stuff like this or I'll play video games. I do wood burning and I've been working on the pool and going on. So like, I got a lot of stuff going on and and that's the part of the problem. I think is there's going to be too many because the, Mm. the, um, network stations are doing that now where they're having like you can watch so much content for free or you got to subscribe to something just to be able to watch it ESPN's done it yeah. I had ESPN plus just for a little bit for fights and then I just cut it off so like it's going to turn into instead of just being like hey can we just pick the things that we want and pay for that it's going to be oh well you're going to use our service oh are you going to use our service and then it's that's just how it's it feels like it's going, yeah, and that annoys me just as much. Sorry, that was. What do you, what do you think about like though, like, like <laughs> music? We're seeing that CDs are going away and streaming services are starting to take over. But if you think about like streaming services, Hulu's popping up and they're pumping out pumping out their own series, like original series. Right. And Disney, I would assume, is going to do the same on their streaming yeah. platform. Do you think that like you're going to see a similar shift in the film industry from movies to series that we did with like CDs to streaming MP3s? Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of the movies now, I think the theater experience is possibly in jeopardy. Um, you're seeing a lot of like the bootlegging stuff like that or leaks, uh, like that new X-Men movie, I guess tanked at 14 million opening is the lowest of any of the X-Men movies, the new one, um, which that's a whole separate feelings on that series uh but i think i think there's a very real threat to the movie going experience but also i never i mean if you've ever been to a fucking imagine theater like that's awesome that's right. like my yeah. dream kind of theater and they're making it better all the time i went to though we go to the one in rochester to watch movies and now they've got love seats in the front like mm-hmm. like couple seats yeah, those, and then there's a couple MJR that are the too. full motion yeah. ones and shit yeah yeah. So I mean, it's it's kind of a toss up. I mean, you're gonna have those people that are that don't like to go to the movies, and that are movie fans, and they'll just wait for it to come out. And I do that with some, but there's other ones that I'm like, I'm going to see that in a theater. I make a point of it because I love that. I love that group feeling yeah. when like it's a comedy and everybody's laughing, yeah. or you know, we went and seen it, and you know, everyone's <gasps> and freaking out and stuff. I mean, I I love that experience much like I would assume like when you're a band and you can, you get the you know the music yeah. playing and the people are singing along and they're dancing along to your music. Like oh, I like that group yep. feeling. Yep. 
Like, I don't think concerts are ever – like, people were afraid when VR first started coming out that people are just going to start just putting an Oculus on and going to concerts that way. Not everyone can afford VR. Well, yeah. and But then people are like, oh, well, they'll be affordable one day, and then everyone can do it. But I, I really think there's something about feeling just the sub hitting you in the chest oh, at yeah. a rock show that you're never going to be able to replace. Yeah, physically being around other people. Yeah, you know, that too. Mosh pits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I I totally agree. Like, yeah. there's nothing that replaces that live feeling. Exactly. Of being, especially yeah. when it's a, a live performance or something. Like, so theater's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. The, you know, that's why people are still going to go to shows. Yeah, look how fucking huge Hamilton is. Like, yeah, who yeah, the fuck insane. would have thought that that was going to be so huge? <laughs> yeah. Not me. <laughs> how do you feel about, uh, especially being a, a performing group? I mean, it may not really affect you at this point, but... The artists that have had issues yelling at people, being on their phones and taking video. I mean, even to yeah. me, as someone that's there, like, I get you on a highlight like this moment. But you see people watching the show from their Through phone. The phone. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you're right here. Just experience it instead of trying to just show everybody what you're doing. A lot of artists now are doing that uh, that pouch that you put your phone in that you have to lock. Yeah. I went to Kevin Hart. And he, he did was, it? Yeah, a lot no, of comics no. are doing it. Oh, he didn't? Kevin Hart was really interesting. So what they did is they told you, when the moment you walk in, you can't have your phone out. Your if your phone is out and the power is on, you're out. Doesn't matter. And the whole night, like they came out and the one guy was like, "We just played in Ohio last night." He was like, "Like 200 people out the door. Holy don't shit. be don't wow. be an idiot that just spent all this money to go take your girl out and go to the show and then you're gonna get kicked out because you can't stay off your fucking phone. Wow. Like shit. seriously. And That's... so they had these." these people especially like a lot of younger like kids walking around with glow sticks on necklaces and we're like why what's up with the glow sticks they see you on the phone they start spinning that glow stick you can see it from the other side of the stadium they start spinning that glow stick and security that seems way too aggressive like right across from us i've the whole whole row no, like I think that's just, that's just asking gone. to trigger people. Like, oh, so there's there are means for people. If you don't want people on your phone, they are those pouches, and they're pretty quick. Like, if you walk out, they can just put they them have on designated thing. areas. Yeah. For, for you to use them. Right. So, yeah. so part of it was he didn't want you to not have the phones. He waited to the very end. You could take your phone out, take all the photos you fucking wanted. Mm. Like the whole place lit up yeah. once that part happened, and mm. they said that throughout oh, the whole thing. Point. You will have time to use your phone to take photos at the end. Just during the show, we work hard. We don't want to ruin it for the shows that we haven't made it to that haven't heard this new material. Don't ruin it. Put your phones away. Right. And literally that was it. I mean, it was it was pretty crazy just to see people just and they'd argue, I wasn't on my phone, I don't even have my phone out. Doesn't matter. They said they saw you go. Yeah. As an artist, I feel like there's not I don't want, I don't personally have a take on this. Like if you want to use your phone in a show, cool, free. I I would say, you know, someone's coming out. Like they're spending their Friday night paying money to come see me play. You should be able to do whatever you want. Yeah. Like I don't mind. I I appreciate the fact that fans, you know, make that decision to even come out and watch our band play. Did yeah. you hear those those yeah. stories about yep. uh, an artist getting pissed off and stopping the show and yelling at someone for being on their phone or having their phone out? Mm-hmm. So there was a vo- who was it? Was it <sighs> story so someone? Uh, who was it? He was a, he was oh, a front story for, yeah, yeah, story so far. And every time I die, I had an instant too. So the story so far one, uh, they were playing. Or was show. it story of the year? No, it was story so far. Um, too many some, stories. Yeah. yeah too right, many too stories. Many, yeah. So some chick got up on stage and it was just like selfie time. Oh, she's doing a Snapchat video selfie of herself. Like on in stage. front of, yeah, yeah, where 
they were letting fans jump on the stage to stage dive off of it right. because that's what you do. At so instead shows. of stage diving, she was being an attention whore and saying, "Look at my <laughs> fucking Snapchat live story." So the singer comes up behind her. <laughs> And Sparta kicks her <laughs> off the stage. Like he got, violently. He got in oh, huge trouble for it. Sure. Her neck whipped so I'm hard. Sure, yeah. but just this is Sp- I love how you described that. Yeah, it was, Sparta kicked her. Wow. If you watch the video later, it's one hundred percent three hundred. He just drop kicked yeah. this chick. Yeah, he ran from the back of the stage too. It was aggressive. Yeah. Like he got <laughs> a bunch of trouble aggressive. over it. The girl came out on social media and was like, I don't blame him for doing this. I'm fine physically, but people still tore him apart. And then the other one that happened was every time I die, a fan did the exact same thing to them. Um, he got up on stage, was doing a selfie video or trying to say, take selfies with the band while they're playing. And uh, Jordan, the guitar player, he just does like this scissor kick and kicks the phone out of his hand into the audience. <laughs> so, yeah, S- shit like that. I can see like, okay, I can this see how an artist would react for sure. That's too much. Yeah. Right. That's like, where I would draw the line. But if you're in the audience, you want to take a Snapchat But you video? also have to... Not attack people or break their property. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. there's that. You're, yeah. An artist is entitled to their opinion, and I think like being on stage, you almost assume responsibility for sharing how you feel. Like that is your right. job at, once you reach a certain status. And if that's the way you feel, cool. But do it in a way that you're not hurting other people physically <laughs> or emotionally. Sparta kicking you know? girls off stages. Yeah, it's, it's not a good look. Right. No. And I think a lot of artists, they're like um, Dashboard Confessional. I think came out in an interview recently, and he was talking about how. He encouraged people to do it like crazy, and he attributes a lot of his success to the because fact of that doing he, yeah, it makes viral. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, like, if you're getting free exposure because someone feels compelled enough to share the fact that they're seeing you right now, I almost take that as a compliment. So, I, if someone's holding their phone up, I'm I'm gonna engage with your phone even as a front man. I'll come in the right. crowd and I'll stare at your phone and I'll I'll bang my head at you. Have you ever Have you ever seen an artist perform and do something where it just kind of it just totally changed your opinion of them or turned you off their music at all? Um, when they perform, not really. Like you'll hear about things people say, like on social media. So I went to Ozfest one year, and I love System of a Down, and it was same. Uh, it was when the Toxicity album had come out, so it was all so all those songs, yeah. you know. And God, I can't remember what his name is, but the guitarist, the, the smaller, crazier looking guy, Damien, always or... does the high pitched voices yeah. and shit. Yeah, that guy was just being a dick for no reason, like just pointing out this fat guy in the front of the crowd and just like i, I refuse to play till you leave the crowd for no fucking reason yeah for no reason it was like what, what the, the fuck and it's like what it what gets to people is it just the fame and you got so many yes men or what, what was i mean he eventually apologized and like the guy came back out to the crowd but literally stopped and was just like i'm not playing another note till you leave this crowd you're too fat to be up here in the front in the front in the crowd i, I don't know wild. it was really crazy i mean you hear Cody's losing like, his mind laughing kind of over it. <laughs> <laughs> like what an asshole <laughs> he's like holding his breath <laughs> no in all reality i no no one no musician should ever just say that that's yeah. such a, that's such an asshole thing to say yeah i I think, like, sometimes, I think the fame is definitely part of it, but I think what some people don't realize, too, is if someone's touring a lot, there's the stress of that. There's the stress, but there's also, you're not constantly surrounded by, like, your friends and your family. You're out there yeah. by yourself, and it does take an emotional toll. Like, there are a lot of musicians that go through, like, serious depressive states oh, when oh, they go sure. on tour. And I think part of that, you get in your own head and you start there's things that don't really click with you like they would in a normal state of mind. So I think sometimes someone just might be trigger happy in what they're saying on stage and 
it, it sucks, but like they probably later that night look back on that and they're like, wow, I didn't really even realize what I was saying. I mean, now in this social media world, though, those things can just yeah, oh, they can ruin, ruin, you. Oh, yeah. ruin someone now. Yeah. Super detrimental for sure. Yeah. What's the embarrassing thing that Joe's done that you guys would ruin the band if you got out? <laughs> he keeps us to secrecy very well. Yeah. yeah. It seems like it. You're, oh, you're yeah. really in line over there, Cody. Well, it's not something that... <laughs> I see that the eye communication speaking with Joe lets you. <laughs> All right, so we're diagonally across the table right now. Like, I can't look at him without laughing. Like, so I'm trying to avoid contact with him. Oh, God. But um, I don't know, but maybe the, uh, the tattoo that not I have, but someone else has. That would be my embarrassing thing. Oh yeah. You ever yeah. see? You ever get those embarrassing crowd members, like just doing something nuts? Like I've been to shows where there's just that one person like off by themselves, just. Yeah. Oh the, yeah. Oh, most yeah. recently, we played a showcase at Hamtramck, and there was this guy. No matter we there, this showcase had a lot of different types of bands on it. Not quite like to the that one where we had the comics and the ska hip hop, but there was uh, some very electronically driven bands, heavier bands, um, and this guy, no matter what band was playing. He was having he was going hard in his life. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I've, I, I kind of love that guy though. You know, like no, oh, he was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he definitely was the character of the venue that night. I was gonna say Thomas. I was trying to allude to Thomas with the tattoo thing. So, yeah. our friend Thomas has my face tattooed on his butt cheek. Oh my god, really? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As the result of a bet from like high school that I didn't even remember, he came back to me like three years later. And was like, hey man, look at my ass. I did it. <laughs> You're like, did what? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what'd you do, Thomas? Dude, look at it. It's but, actually uh, really well done. Like, no, what are you doing, man? Exactly like your face. Yeah, and that's the other thing with him that's is that, scary. like, at our shows or, like, pretty much any excuse he gets, he just gets naked, so... Yeah, yeah. Do you do you ever you ever have that? You just the the naked people. That just yeah, that guy. That's, yeah. that's him, Thomas. So we had that picture of them picking me up at the Rockery show. You can see Thomas. He's no naked. Sh- oh, no <laughs> shirt. <laughs> holding me up. Yep. Not fully naked, but he's yeah, he's shirtless, holding up Pat. Yep. Jeez. So, yeah. I got splashed once. That was it. I was I was playing this bar in Utica, and uh, that's cool. It was completely dead, like totally dead. It was just it was a nice summer night, and no one was going out to the bar, mm-hmm. and there was two girls there. So I'm just playing music and mm-hmm. me and the wait staff just hanging out, hanging out, you know, and, but it's a paying gig. I can't leave just yeah. because this is dead. Mm-hmm. This girl's like, oh, DJ, you take a picture with me. Can I lick your ear? And I'm like, what? Oh, chill. What? Yeah, like crazy, <laughs> right? Wow. It's clearly drunk. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, oh, we got this party we're going to. You should just leave. And I'm like, I can't. They're like, there is no one here. You can. And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm getting paid. And then it was just, hey, DJ. And I look over and they're like, right before they're going on the stairs, just just wow. whipped them out. There they are. And <laughs> all the waitresses are standing there and they just start all making fun of me. Yeah. And probably should have went, but. Yeah, I've, I've used to play. I played in a cover band. I played bass in a cover band, played like local bars before. And we played like Thursday nights, just like the, the type of bar that's right outside where. Um, you know the auto workers are coming out and getting oh, there, yeah. and it's it was there was a crowd there for sure. I've got a few stories of people where they're just like way too rambunctious over absolutely nothing, and it's just like a bar fight breaks out, and it's like a Tuesday night, the, and the, there's like six people in the bar. The craziest thing yeah. I ever I ever played was I played a uh, a buddy of mine. His sister was getting married to a, a cop, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> they live downtown. Uh, by Old Tiger Stadium mm-hmm. before they, I think it was before they tore it down. And that was a crazy, like, it was his engagement party. He was going to propose or, and, like, all that stuff and wanted me to be there and DJ. And, I mean, it was a big party. 
but it was crazy. Like that was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Just, I mean, people on top of the garage roof <laughs> getting <laughs> naked, <laughs> patrol cars <laughs> pulling up, like legit. It was just, it was nuts. It was crazy. Yeah, it was funny. Did they have bands playing? No, I was, I was the only music. Yeah, that was funny. If, my... if anyone out there is throwing a party and wants a band to play, we will do it for free. We will yeah. do it for the cost of beer. Yeah. Oh. That's an beers. awesome. Oh. That's an awesome deal. Yeah. You just have to like screaming. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. the that's the catch. If you like screaming bands, yeah, we'll do it. <laughs> that's the catch. Or we can play two pop punk covers. <laughs> Hell, we'll we make it three. Play. We'll make it three. Oh, three. Add one. Wow. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there whatever you, go. you want. We like to party. Yeah. <laughs> what uh? So what's any shows coming up that that anybody could catch you at? I know you guys you said kind of in flux with the drummer situation yeah. and all that stuff you don't have an, an alternate alternate lined up or anything not currently we're scoping out a couple guys right now we'll be trying out um so nothing right now is booked um we may try to play a couple shows probably later this year um we guaranteed we'll probably play one around christmas when all, everyone's home right yeah, we um, usually do that we'll play like a holiday yeah. show either we'll Halloween play with or... some old members so We'll probably try to swing something like that. But right now, we've got nothing on the books. Um, we might try to play a show at the Sanctuary soon. That's become okay. like our home venue. Um, probably the best spot for local music, I'd say, especially this type of music. Okay. It's a yeah. very awesome place. Yeah, have you been to the, that location yet? So they bought paychecks. It used no. To, yeah, so they bought the paychecks down in Hamtramck. And really? They just basically did it, gave it a facelift. And they kept the original like ceiling and everything, and they – took a, the paycheck sign down from the back of the stage and just put up a, the same exact sign but yeah, it's a neon sign. Okay. yeah and it's really cool so they kept a lot of the original vibe there so if anyone hasn't checked it out there was a cool place there was a cool place down on um like nine and Gratiot when i was a kid i had a you know a buddy in a band in high school and they were what was it called the electric frog or something like that and it was kind of cool i mean it was a huge <clears throat> huge area had a couple pool tables it was like a juice bar in the front and then like venue in the back but I, i've seen them play there quite a few times it was cool and it was you know you could be under 18 and, and go because they didn't serve any alcohol or anything so it was a really cool opportunity for for bands to kind of go play it i saw the craziest drummer this guy like i'll move my mic a little bit here so the whole time with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth lit cigarette because this is back when you could smoke inside nice. and the way he drummed <laughs> nice. looked like he was just running <laughs> cool it looked like he was just running with a cigarette just hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> just going. And it was wow. the funniest thing. It made me laugh really hard. <laughs> that yeah. would be entertaining in itself just to watch. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? Yeah, and, and the cigarette the whole time just yeah. hanging. From, I mean, like like cartoonishly hanging from the corner of his I mouth. I like when people go out of their way to smoke cigarettes on stage. Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> like you, I can't imagine. It, it's not a convenient thing to do. No. By any means. Like when you, you see must s- really need that nicotine. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, like when you watch videos of Slash and he's smoking a cigarette, like just chain smoking the whole show. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. What was with those that venue? It sounds very similar to the Modern Exchange and Southgate, where yeah, they the, took the yeah. front of it was a thrift it was a store. shop. Yeah. yeah. Really. And then the yeah. back was a venue. Huh. Yeah. No, it was it was a cool place, and then they closed down eventually. A lot of cool places closed down eventually. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think that's part of the problem, right? Like I've that would have been a dream thing if I could have opened a bar where I got to like. I don't care if you don't have a following. You just want to get out and perform. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Because yeah. what else? You know, maybe you're playing Wednesday night when 
yeah, there might not be a crowd anyway, so yeah. might as well have a band play, give you a chance, right? Yeah, right. right. Yeah. I think people are more willing to go out to local shows maybe like 10 years ago, too. Like, I don't think people are willing to give a It was like a band. cool thing to do yeah. back in the day. Now it's all... What's the cool thing to do now? I'm so out of touch, and I'd, you guys are clearly I'd a guess. younger generation than I am. <laughs> the cool thing to do you. now is to stay home and not, not stream music yeah. and not go to venues. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's definitely not checking out a local band. It's, so, it's, it's sad, for sure. And like we'll play with bands, and there are some good bands that we'll play with, and they might not even fit our bill specifically, but there's like I still appreciate the musicianship mm-hmm. for a lot of the, the guys that play around this area. <clears throat> yeah, I guess just another additional thing to add out uh, to the whole thing is, you know, what doing music, you know, as a hobby, playing a bunch of different places, you meet and hear a lot of different people, and you hear a lot of different bands. And it's really, you know, awesome experience because not everyone is going to be able to hear these amazing bands yeah. and that are just local bands. You know, no one hardly hears them. And, you know, it's like finding, you know, these little nuggets of gold in the saturated market of yeah. music. Yeah, it's awesome. yeah. there's so many good bands that I've discovered that I listen to every day just based on, like, shows that we've played locally yeah. mm-hmm. that I never, ever in a million years would have found yeah. through streaming or the internet. I, I think that, that's was my experience too that was yep. what i always loved about those because like i didn't know what shows my buddy had booked mm-hmm. or you know like what groups or anything so it was just like every show yeah i was just there to play music in between the acts yeah i didn't know what i was gonna see either and i met some really cool people and that was kind of like like i said the inspiration for a lot of this uh was those scenarios of just hanging out with these people you would have never met yep and those before. are the true people that you're gonna want to connect with too we were talking about before like how we want to pump content to YouTube maybe or just try and get stuff, social media media presence, just make it explode. But the bands that are focusing on that are not really in it for the music. If you want to really connect with a, a real band and see good music, they're focusing on playing live shows. And that's why I think we're getting lucky is because like, we're actually out there playing and having the opportunity to listen to them. Because <clears throat> like, I think there are some bands that we've played with that have similar amount of followings that we like followers we do, mm-hmm. and they're still really good. Yeah. Like we're not the only band that has like 200 followers and is relatively all right. Relatively. <laughs> Have you ever right? caught yourself <laughs> watching that? So like in this, you know, just the episodes like is anyone going to even listen to this, right? And just watching like, oh, oh, oh I don't give a climbing, shit. We're having fun. It's climbing. Yeah. Got yeah, to 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that means 100 people listen to this, you know, and then like it was funny, my dad, god, so out of touch with stuff. Like he totally <laughs> understand what's a podcast? What do you mean a podcast? What are you talking about? It's like dad <laughs> It's like a radio show, but pre-recorded, and then you can just download it and take it with you anywhere. It's not your time, you dog. Chill out. <laughs> so then uh, he came over. We did an episode about Bigfoot and, and aliens and stuff like that because he likes all that stuff. Oh, cool. yeah. and, and my dad's real sure of himself. But it was, it was just funny because like, the technology part has totally lost him, mm. and he just was, like doesn't get any – seriously, dog. <laughs> he loves attention. <laughs> Nova, this is the first time she's ever gone under the table. (laughs) Coming for you, Cody. Yeah. (laughs) The dog whisper. What are you doing? My dog is visiting. It's okay. We love animals. We here at Ogemaw County love all things nature. See, and that's the problem with her tail. (laughs) (laughs) But no, it was just funny seeing like how he was out of touch with all that stuff, and I think that's just the. I, I appreciate that part still, right? Yeah. The uh, people 
doing it organically still and and making those connections which is cool like i try to support as much as i can like i went to a film festival recently that was uh detroit voices which a guest of mine someone that i went to high school with a long time ago ended up being in film so that was kind of cool we connected to the episode went out to support the he was um one of the coordinators for uh cinetopia film festival so that was like across ann arbor detroit and everything he was one of the coordinators for the detroit part uh and then he had the detroit voices which was uh all local detroit filmmakers so it was cool to go see that and then actually get to meet some of those people so i've been reaching out to them like hey you know tell your story behind they do like a visual thing you guys do the music right and there's obviously Mm, an emotion there or something that inspires you to write or to make that music and then we have these people that do jesus visual i'm not used to the mic being right in front of me it's usually like joe's yeah. that's how I, I always had it set up but then speaking like this the mics were picking up mm. a little bit so gotcha. like when i moved it to this corner everything sounded tinny to me for, gotcha. from yeah. my point of view so i was like man how can i move mics to make it so they're a little better and not so crazy yeah so but uh no that was th- that's been the cool part is the networking and meeting the i the, think it's a cool time to do that type of stuff in detroit too for sure I think with like, the Renaissance, there's, yeah, there's so going many, on, yeah. so much different types of people collaborating that otherwise wouldn't have collaborated. Um, there's a lot of different programs that I don't think would have exist wouldn't exist if there wasn't everything coming back to the city. Um, I think it's a cool time to be here and and be a musician, um, just because there's so much history here in in Detroit as with music, right, with, with music, yeah, yeah, with techno and a lot of the rock roots. And if there's a re- resurgence happening here in Detroit to be a musician, the music is going to follow suit, I think, with the revitalization of the city. So it's a cool time to be here with all the opportunity. I think so. Yeah. Sweet. That's uh, putting us at like an hour and a half. That's pretty. Oh wow, wow. That's pretty good. Great. Yeah. We're talking for a while. So nice. before before we wrap We're really up, full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> before we wrap up, I, I want to introduce uh, what the fuck? What's the thing that made you say what the fuck? Like in the last couple of weeks, that just stands out. In the last couple of weeks. Yeah, just oh. some... Man, I got to think. <laughs> For me, yeah, it I was... Guess. I can tell you mine, because I was super pissed off, because it took place over, like, two hours the other day. So I think it was Wednesday. So Tuesday, okay. Owning a pool is sweet, but sucks. And right, right. especially an in-ground, because with all that rain, it can run into my pool. Uh, so I opened it on Memorial Day. I think I took the cover off. Been trying to get the water clear. Like, dude, it was like poopy brown you know then it turned like uh, after about eight to 12 gallons of chlorine liquid chlorine it turned like a nice pond scum yellow green color mm. and then it started getting blue and then finally i was like oh all my levels are like right where they need to be on wednesday morning and then it rained wednesday and i came home and it was still blue and i was like sweet and then two hours later it was green and cloudy couldn't see and i was like just like, what the fuck mm. Mine, what the yeah. fuck? I was over in Europe for about a week and a half. Oh. Yeah, Cody was house-sitting for me. Um, cool. But I was over in Italy and Malta. My uh, what the fuck moment was just seeing how traffic works over there. There's, like, no rules. You can go fucking 120 <laughs> miles down. There's no rules here. No yeah. Dude, no. You don't understand. <laughs> Have you ever been over no, there? No, no. Holy shit, My cousin shit, lives man. in England, but I uh, know I've never been over there. <laughs> go over there and check out how people drive. It is bananas. <laughs> Like, I was terrified every cab ride we did. People are out of their fucking minds. Did you did you do any driving there, or did you Hell just... Hell oh. no. <laughs> I never will after I saw that shit. 
Um, uh, I think I say a what the fuck moment every, every evening. Every evening? At, at, <laughs> at my dog. I have this what? tiny little Shih Tzu Yorkie. I, she's awesome. She's really cool, but she has the worst breath ever. And Dude, for whatever reason. Pomeranian? Holy bad. shit. Yeah, it's really bad. But for whatever reason, she's the neediest thing ever and just will not stop yipping my face constantly. So it's a constant what the fuck. Nice. That sucks. I'm yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. That that one, the Pomeranian, is the most lickingest dog I've ever known. Mm. She licks everything: walls, couches, oh. pillows, carpet, wow. the table. The Ugh. it doesn't. Dude, one day I was sitting in my chairs, like out there in the garbage can, isn't too far away, and she was going to town on that garbage can, like just outside of the garbage can for no reason. I'm like. Stop and then the breath mm-hmm. and then the licking with the breath. It's mm. just like yep, it's a combo. Oh god, it's yeah, bad. it's really bad. All right, mine. Uh, Joe actually just refreshed my memory of a good what the fuck moment <laughs> that involved uh, watching his dog, which I did uh, <laughs> while he was gone over. The Sweet Wendy. <laughs> yeah, it's an adorable little uh, French bulldog named Wendy, and a nice, um, uh, nice gross thing I, f- <laughs> I found out that Wendy has the uh, talent of doing is when uh, the dog goes outside to take a poop. It uh, <laughs> it, oh it has the capability of. <laughs> it's like it's a superpower. It, it yeah, literally oh, is. I mean, it yeah, kind of is. You would think so too. It has the capability of launching this poop. Launches <laughs> shit. Rapid like velocity a gun. out of its butt. <laughs> and the I. It, when I watched it, I said, what the fuck? She weighs like 15 pounds. She will shoot a turd five feet. I'm not even bullshitting you. No exaggeration. It's crazy. Oh. It is crazy. It's, ri- it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've never heard anyone. <laughs> I was I was so caught off guard. By no, it's jarring for sure the first time you see it. Holy crap. Is there video evidence of this? No, I'll take one tonight and send it to you. <laughs> He's just out there recording his dog. Does it happen daily? <laughs> Violently shitting. Uh, not daily. It's Is like certain foods, or he can treat. <laughs> like, no, she just eats dog food. We don't feed her table food. Um, she oh, gets man. spoiled whenever I take her to work, though, because people just give her like a little snack yeah. here oh, and so there. You, you bring her. Yeah, but um, usually like it's just random times. So she'll just launch a turd like five feet. Yeah, like imagine you know like shaking up a bottle of like champagne and, and then popping the cork. <laughs> <laughs> Kills the owl, like Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Just with my dog's ass. <laughs> All right. So how? So you've got a dog. You've yeah. got a dog. Yeah. I've got two dogs. Do your yeah. dogs ever roll in just shit? <laughs> so so look. When we bought this house, there was like a kitty condo in the backyard, like yeah. legit, like built kitty apartment building in the back corner of my yard. Wow. And we were like, "That's going." Uh, and so there's a few cats i think the neighbors feed them or something but there's a few cats that run around she goes nuts and acts like you know someone's trying to break into the house and she sees a cat or squirrel out there uh but these fucking dogs love the rolling cat (laughs) shit like if it's not even their own no cat shit no i don't know what it is our dog we have a cat too and the the litter box? Yeah. Eats poop out of oh, litter box. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like a fucking oh, kitty litter yeah. treat. Candy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's the grossest thing. Tootsie roll time. Yeah. yeah, no wonder your dog's breast stinks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wendy, sure. she doesn't roll around and shit or mess with shit that much, but I do have to wipe her ass every time she poops. <laughs> what? Swear to God. Why? 
don't know. It's like if it's like if a person shit outside. If, you figure if it was coming out that high velocity, yeah. it's, it's cleaning itself up. No, there's always a little bit of blowback, like a gun. The, <laughs> the Pomeranian's bad because if you don't keep their butt trimmed, yeah. it'll oh, stick yeah. to oh, that. And then like yeah. she'll come in and jump on my bed, and I'll be like, oh, cool. Mm, yes. Yeah. We almost made it a full hour and a half without turning into fifth graders. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah. We almost did. We almost did at one point. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for coming yeah, back out. Thanks for having us. No, for coming yeah. out here. Um, what, again, what's your, your channel, all your stuff to... Yeah, you can find us on Instagram at Ogemaw County, on Facebook, Ogemaw County MI. Uh, you can search us on Spotify. Got Apple Tweet, Music. Apple Music, all that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, thank you, anyone who... Uh gives us the time of day to check us out we all really appreciate it yeah and keep an eye on our social media come out for a show yeah i'll have definitely have to come us. out for a show i know yeah. mallory a... and chris have come out for a show Was yeah that they've been to a few of them but yeah. has that been interesting because mallory can get pretty malloried <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's been really cool. I was people... expecting you to say that was like your most embarrassing. <laughs> no, fan. no, she was chill. Yeah, but uh, having those guys come out is always a blast. It's nice that people from work are supporting me. Um, yeah, Chris has been really into the music. Stuff. Really? Yeah, he listens to us all the time. He bought an LP. He asked awesome. us all to sign it. So yeah, everyone who supports us, it makes our day. Anytime you buy a record or just tell us that you like it. Yeah, I got a buddy who tells me he listens to us when he works out and. Yeah, I, so could, I, could, I, could, to, I could totally see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We Good try choice. to put on as entertaining of a show we can every time that we play. So we we'll make it worth it. It'll be yeah. worth your time to come out to a show. For awesome. Sure. Well, I'll put up the links that you guys said uh, in the episode, and then anyone listening, you want to check out Ogemaw County, you'll know where to go. Yeah. Again, Thank thanks you. for listening. I'm JP. This is the Get Up. Thanks for listening to The Get Up. Make sure to check out thegetupshow.com for more information on this episode's guests. While you're there, check out other episodes, leave a comment, or if you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, shoot an email to contact at thegetupshow.com. Don't forget to follow, like, and share on Facebook at The Get Up Show Podcast. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at The Get Up Show and subscribe to The Get Up YouTube channel. The Get Up is available on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts.